to celebrate on this bitterly winterly cold <laughs> Minnesota type weather. It's crazy, and I'm still in shorts. It's like I look like I'm going golfing, actually. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Um, we are so glad that you're here. You might have seen something on social media. There's a graphic that says we have a big announcement to make. There's a huge announcement, and this is something that's all across all of our 10 campuses all over the world here at South Hills, and that is that you might have seen that. South Hills uh, is going to, for the very first time in our 21-year history, uh, record, produce, and release our own music. And this is our, it's going to start on June 2nd. Now, all the songs that you see here are experienced in the weekend. These are all written by other churches. Hillsong, I know we get a lot from Hillsong Church. But uh, this is going to be something very, very historical because for the first time, we are getting into the, into the act here. And they're going to be our songs. So our songs that we wrote, we produced, we, uh, we're going to have a video, we're going to start singing those songs, and that's going to come out June 2nd. So this is a really big deal, and it's really, really, really cool. So I, it, it, we're, South Hills is really expanding like crazy. There's other, some campuses that are, new campuses that are going to be coming up. So it's really an exciting time to be at South Hills Church. Uh, and uh, everybody at South Hills let me know they are very excited about what's happening at South County. This is uh, something that's really going uh, very cool. Is my voice changing? Uh, <laughs> it's like booming. Um, so, so that's really cool. So that's our, that's our announcement. It's really exciting. We're, we can't wait to start singing those songs here. Now, uh, this past week, I've got to tell you, it was a great week for Melanie and I because we celebrated 15 years of marriage on Tuesday. It's so great. You know, um, Melanie and I are such good Christians, we've never actually gotten into a fight or an argument or a disagreement in all of the years. We've always disagreed and everything's been happy and little animated birds put our clothes on in the morning and everything's fine. Uh, actually, marriage is very hard. It's very tough. It's not easy. Uh, there's a lot of highs, a lot of lows. It's really uh, not always a walk in the park, but it's worth it. And uh, I got to say that, Melanie, I am so, so glad that, you know, when we met in college that I agreed to go out with you. So, um, <laughs> no, that's not the story. I actually, I asked Melanie out uh, several times. She finally said yes and then agreed to go on a second date with me five years later. Uh, but perseverance pays off, guys. Uh, and uh, we, it's been great. We have our two. It really is a partnership. Honestly, she's my best friend, to be very, very frank. I know it sounds like a Hallmark card, but she really is my best friend. In fact, this church would not be here had it not been for how God used her. There were several times where I was like, this is going to be a big thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's some other things that are here. Maybe we should just look at that. And as I told you before, she says no to the point where she said, I will sabotage any other thing you do because this is the church we're supposed to be at. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Melanie, for that. Um, but she, you know, it turned out great. You know, we had, we had our fairy god, the girls' fairy godmothers, uh, Auntie Jojo and Auntie Lisa, watch the girls on Tuesday. And we were able to have a very fun night out. Night out with, the, with no kids. It was just a romantic night out. We went to the farmhouse in Newport Beach. It was really nice. We walked around. We didn't have to hurry and eat. It was nice just to walk around and, and enjoy each other. And it actually went as planned. But there are times when things don't go as planned. There are times where we're like, we're going to make these plans, but they don't necessarily go the way that we thought they were going to go. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm a really big Disney guy. I love Disney stuff. Uh, if you've been to our house, we have like a Disney like, museum in there. It's just really, really cool. And we love Disney stuff. We're really into it. Now, um, 
we were able to have a romantic opportunity to go to Disneyland. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, there's an exclusive club called Club 33. It is one of the most exclusive clubs in Orange County. I mean, you have to be on a waiting list, and you have to be like a gazillionaire to have a membership. You really have to know somebody to get in there. Uh, we were able to, to get in. Uh, Melanie's dad, Kip, knows like everybody, so he was able to get us in uh, several times. Uh, but, but we were able to get in uh, one time with one of our friends a couple years ago, and we said, we can't wait. This is going to be really romantic. Uh, we're going to get you know, dressed nice, and we're gonna, it's going to be great. And it actually fell on the exact same day of the worst storm in Southern California in 20 years. And the storm was actually called Lucifer. That's how bad this storm was. And it said, we're still going to go anyway. We're going to, you know, this is going to be good and it'll be great. We'll be romantic and we're still going to go anyway. And we get there and I'm not kidding. This is Disneyland. There was literally, I think I counted 47 people at Disneyland. And it was, the rain was so torrential. It was so bad. Do we have a picture of exactly how, yeah, those are the only ones crazy enough to go to Disneyland that day. That was actually from, that, you can see that one guy is looking at me like, are you, were you crazy? I am too. And like, it was just nuts. Even Mickey started to come out. She's like, nope, sorry, I'm out of here. You know, um, Donald is a sailor and he's not, I mean, I'm not into this. So it was, it was crazy. We could not have picked a worse day. And we actually went on a ride. We went on Indiana Jones, and they, they stopped the ride, and, they, and there was sirens going off, and they ushered us into, a, into a, a store because it was a flash flood. So the water went from the ground to your knees like that. Now, we are dressed kind of nice, and it's like we jumped in the pool and walked out of the pool. And that's how drenched we were. Melanie's hair is completely drenched. My hair is completely drenched. She has no makeup. Um, and, and we're just, we're, we finally knock on the door at Club 33, and our reservation wasn't for another couple of hours. But um, they looked at us like, you're crazy. Yeah, come on in. Just come on in. So we went in, and, and like, it's really fancy, so you have to take your coat off, and you hand it to the coat person, and they're just kind of like this because it's all, it's all wet. And we looked at each other, and we're like, this is nuts. This is crazy. But you know what? It's not so bad because we're... We're with, our, we're with each other. And this is a, it's a nice place. I mean, the place is beautiful. It's like where Walt made for dignitaries and VIPs. And we're like, this is really cool. And if you look at it from the outside, it would have looked like a terrible, terrible idea. And it, maybe it was, I don't know. But we had a great time. We were enjoying each other. It did not go the way it was supposed to go. It did not go as planned. But there was something about it to where like, you know what, at the end of the day, this is going to work. At the end of the day, we're going to be okay. At the end of the day, everything's going to kind of uh, get to the where it's supposed to be. I don't know how, but it will. And on that night, it did. But a lot of times in life, I think that we actually have those moments that we think maybe it'll be worth it. Now, we're, you know, um, maybe you've had that. Maybe you're having that moment right now. If I just hold on, everything's going to be okay. You might be here right now going, there's something going on in my life, but if I just hold on, everything's going to be okay. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more. We're going to continue on Habakkuk, and I love that we're talking about Habakkuk, because how many of you actually studied the book of Habakkuk before? Yeah, that's what I thought. So <clears throat> some of you were like, it's in the Bible? I didn't know Habakkuk was in the Bible. That's awesome. Um, Poor Habakkuk. I feel so bad for Habakkuk, because he's a prophet. He's one of us. You know, he, he's not one of those prophets that only talks to God and then they talk to the people. He's talking to the people and then he's going to God with it. He's one of our guys. And we never talk about poor little Habakkuk. Right now he's in heaven going, thank you, South Hills. I'm finally getting my due. Somebody's finally ruined his life. 
And we're going to, but he, there's so much richness in what he is saying because of how he lived his life. And we're going to recap quickly, uh, for those of you who are not here in this series, but this is our third week in Habakkuk. And chapter one is asking the questions that we all ask, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Chapter two, we're doing the difficult things. We're waiting, we're writing, we're listening. We learned that the last time we talked. But then the tone changes at the end of chapter two. After he's like, why is this happening? I'm waiting, I'm listening. It's not going the way I'm supposed to go. If you weren't here the very first week, the, uh, the Israelites were having a very hard time. The kingdom is about to crumble. They're about to go into exile. And uh, Habakkuk is actually hearing all the cries of his own people, and he's giving that to God. And he's telling God, I don't understand you right now. I don't get you right now. I don't understand you right now. I, I, I trust you because you're God, but I'm not understanding what's going on in here. And these people are hurting, and they're in pain. You ever have that? God, I don't understand. I know you got a plan. I know you're somewhere, but I'm not seeing it right now. What's going on? That's what Habakkuk was doing. But then he says, I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen on God. And I'm going to write things down. And we learn that. Habakkuk at the end of chapter 2 says this. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. What does that mean? The Lord is, on his holy, is, is in the holy temple. Let all the earth be silent, in front, be, be silent before him. What does that mean? That means he's still on his throne. That means even though I don't get what's going on, he's still God. He's still the same God. Even though I'm not sure what, about it, I don't get it, I don't understand this, this plan that he's got, he is still God. I'm confused, I'm hurt, I'm scared, uh, you know, I don't understand it all, but I believe he is still in his holy temple. God is still in control. He is still in control. You know, it's hard to believe that, isn't it? Especially when things aren't going well, when you have a bad uh, situation in your relationship, finances aren't good, job's not great. It is hard to believe he is still God. But I'm going to go a step further. It's actually impossible. It's impossible not to worry. It's impossible not to be stressed out. It's impossible when things are going wrong to not be that way. It's impossible without God. It's literally impossible. Trust me, I've tried. I've tried to do it without God. It's impossible. I'm still going to worry. I'm still going to have those issues. But Habakkuk is saying, look, I don't get it, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you're still God. He has the same tone, and uh, there's the same tone in the Bible in Psalms 46.10. I jotted this down. He still says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Now, Habakkuk chapter 3 starts off like this. Now, he says, I, st- I know you're still on your throne. He goes a step further. Chapter 3 says this. Um, <clears throat> a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shingenoth. A prayer of Habakkuk on the, the prophet of Shingenoth. Now, this is good that we're studying Habakkuk because if you're reading Habakkuk on your own, you're all like, that's great. What's Shingenoth? What does that mean? I don't understand. That sounds like a terrific thing. That's great. And I, I wrote this down because I think this is important. Shingenoth, and you pronounce it Shigjinoth, is a Hebrew word that is actually a musical term. I don't know if you know that. It's something that you learned today, class. So it's actually a musical term. It's a Hebrew word. So it's meant to communicate how the song should be sung. So in other words, if we were talking, it's like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rock song, it's an R&B song, it's a gospel song. It's meant to, this is how you're supposed to sing this song. So it's Shingenoth, Shingenoth. Shingenoth means you should sing it strong with emotion, wild, passionate singing with rapid changes of rhythm, high-spirited praise, or vigorous enthusiasm. One writer actually said, it's praise punctuated with exclamation marks. 
So we are going to sing the song. What does that mean? That means, and this is what we're going to talk about today, this is your fight song. Shingjanath means this is my fight song. Even though things are not going the way I want them to go, even though things are not good right now, even though I'm not even getting my prayers answered, I prayed for this God over and over and over. I don't understand. It's saying you are still going to have your Shingjanath, your fight song. This is my fight song. You ever feel that way? Job not going the way you wanted? Shingjana, this is my fight song. Health not going the way I wanted? Finances not going the way I wanted? Relationship not going the way I wanted? Shingjana, this is my fight song. Right now, guys, right now, some of you are in here going, my job is not going the way I want it to go. My relationship is not going the way I want it to go. My relationship, all these things are, are falling apart around me. And what the enemy is doing is saying, you're right, things are going to get worse. You're unlovable. Nobody wants you. You're not going to get that job because you're not smart enough. You're not going to get this stuff figured out because you're not good enough. And he's going to allow these things. God, God, Satan's going to, the enemy's going to pound on you. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You'll never do it. And what Habakkuk is saying is this. Satan, you can go to hell because I've got Shingenoth. By the way, he's the only one you could say you can go to hell to. You can go to hell where you belong because I am a child of God. I'm singing my fight song. I've got my Shingenoth, my fight song. And all your lies are just that, lies. You have no authority here whatsoever. Friends, if the mics go out right now, if the lights turned off, if the screens didn't work, it doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit is present with us right now. We have our fight song. We have our shingjana. And that is what Habakkuk is saying. I don't care about the results. I'm going to praise God even before I get my results. I'm still going to praise God. Now, if we feel, feel that God is only real if I'm getting something, then he's gone and he's fake when you're not getting it. So if, if I've got my shingjanath and I'm still not getting my prayer answered, I'm still going to trust God and I'm still going to be empowered with that. It's easy to praise when everything is going great. It's easy. It's easy. Everything's going great. Thank you, God. I've just met the love of my life. That's great. Thank you, God. I've just got the best job in the world. That's great. Thank you, God. I've got, did good in my report, or whatever the case is. That's great. But how about when things are falling apart? What about then? That is when we have to trust God the most. That's what real faith is. My parents are both gone. They're in heaven. And both of them when they were dying, said the same thing. Are you scared? No. Are you scared of dying? No, I'm not. That's something that would terrify most people. Are you sure? Yeah, why? I'm going to heaven. I know that when this life ends, I enter an eternity life. I enter another life that will never fade. They had their shingenoth. The world would look at them as weak and ill and sick and wasting God was saying, they got their fight song going on. They're about ready to accept their inheritance. Habakkuk 3.2 says this, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. What does that mean? I've heard what you've done in the past. I've heard what you've done even in my own life. Do it again. Do it again. I know you can do this, God. I've seen you do this before. Do it again. Remember, we're in the valleys of life and things feel overwhelming. We have to remember 
God's past goodness. We are a previous chapter. He was saying, write it down, write it down. Make sure you're not forgetting this. We are a prisoner of the moment right now in our society. We are. Everything is worst ever, best ever in our society. If you don't believe me, watch the news. Worst whatever. Pick a topic. It's the worst thing ever. I heard somebody say on the news the other day, uh, our country is the most divided it's ever been. Well, we actually had a war with each other before. It was called the Civil War. (laughs) That seems worse. It's the worst thing ever. Everything's falling apart. It's It's just like, relax. Is this country perfect? No, not at all. It's got a lot of flaws and messes ups and, and it's human nature and we are, none of us are perfect. But we're such prisoners of the moment. We've got to remember God's past goodness and what he's done for us in the past. Habakkuk 3, 3 through 4 says this. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Now, what is the significance of Taman and Paran? Those are two places that God took the Israelites when they fled from Egyptian rule. So what Habakkuk is saying is, I remember you delivered us and you took us to these places to save us. Do it again. You've done it before, and I'm remembering what you've done before, but do it again. Again, he's singing this rowdy fight song. Shingenoth. God is good even when life is not. You could say, God, I remember when you got me through that loss, when you gave me peace in those dark times, when you took care of my needs when I was in trouble. So what we're saying is don't be a prisoner of your present pain. If you're in pain right now, and you're currently going through something, don't be a prisoner of that. Remember God's goodness. Remember that he can and he wants to deliver you from that. When we're in the valleys, we need to embrace that God is still good. Now, let me make something very clear. When most of us experience difficulties, we just try to endure. So when we're experiencing difficulties, we just try to endure. And enduring and embracing God are actually two different things. And I want to break that down really quick for you. Enduring is a passive response. It allows things to be done to you. So enduring is a passive response that allows things to be done to you. So here's an example. If I'm a boxer and I'm doing this, I'm enduring all the punches. There's no offense in enduring. You're church and are like this. It's tired of punching you. A lot of you right now are in church and are like this. And life is just wailing on you. And you're just trying to endure. You're just trying to get to tomorrow. And you're just like this. What he's saying, but he's saying is embrace God. Embracing God in the midst of pain and questions is what Habakkuk did. I still trust God even though it all seems lost. Embracing God means this. I believe he is good even though life is bad. I know he is with me even though I feel alone. I will continue to embrace his goodness. Embracing God's goodness. That's different than just enduring. So in chapter one, we're questioning. Chapter two is waiting. Chapter three is embracing. But watch as Habakkuk embraces. Chapter three, uh, 16 through 18 says this. I've heard and I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound, at the sound decay, at the sound. Decay crept in my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. 
Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior." Heart pounding, lip quivering, he's shaking, he's scared, and he is saying, I know you're good to trust you. Everything is literally falling apart, but I know you're good, and I know that you're going to take care of this. I know it. Even though people will suffer, though the injustice exists, even though the evil seems to win, even though my friend is still battling cancer and my marriage is still in shambles, even though I still need a job, even though the natural disasters of life, there's violence and anger and frustration, even though there are so many reasons that I don't want to embrace God, even though people are telling me I'm no good, even though all of this, again, we say, we choose to embrace God. It's not easy, and again, it is impossible without him. Now, what's he doing? He's doing his name, basically, because his name literally means to both wrestle and embrace. So that's what he's doing. He is wrestling and he's embracing. And you could do both. Now, these are hard messages for some of us, I know. I know that some of us like, like the messages where it's like, you know, uh, you know I, I, I didn't have a car and I prayed to God and then I ran into my neighbor and he was like, hey, I'm not using my Porsche. Why don't you take mine? You're like, hey, thanks. You know, we love those messages, you know. Or, or just give, and I, you know, I had no money, and I gave $10, and then I, you know, I won the lottery. and it was just, We love these stories, right? Because we love getting something for giving something. That's what our nature kind of dictates. If I give something, what am I getting from this deal? Some of you might be thinking, like, if I serve, can I, can I get this and that for that? If I, if I tithe, what is, what is that going to look like? And I know that there's a lot of stories that you might see at church. It's like I tithe, and all of a sudden I, I got this windmill of money, or, you know, it was really cool. Um, and, and I'm not saying that doesn't exist, and I'm certainly not making fun of that. But what I'm saying is we don't give so we can get something back. Giving means I'm giving this to God. I would have nothing without God, uh, so I'm going to give this to him. And I'm just going to trust that he's got it. Rather than, all right, God, I'm going to give you this money, but i got to see some kind of return on this. You know, I mean, i got to see what the, what the interest is going to be on my faith. I want to see a tax return on something that I'm going to get back. So we try to convince ourselves, yes, I'll give, but, but I'll also want something. That's no faith. Giving when you know you're going to get something back requires no faith. None whatsoever. But when you give and you say, I trust you, you've got it. That is where it requires faith. That was what God wants to bless. We are going to decide to praise before provision. We're going to decide to praise before provision. Again, what does that mean? That means I'm going to praise God before I get my answer. I'm going to praise God before I get my answer. I remember my mom saying that a lot when we were praying for her. I, I thought she was God one time. I, I, was, I, was, I was sitting by her bedside and... Uh, <clears throat> And I was reading to her, and she was, she was gone, and I, I was literally, Mom, Mom, oh, my gosh, Mom. She goes, what? I was like, don't scare me. What are you doing? She goes, I'm praying, and you were getting to the good part in Scripture. Jesus was about to sock it to the Pharisees. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, you just ruined my story. Now i got to go back in the zone again, you know. Um, you know but I was like, are, aren't, you, aren't, you, aren't you scared? She goes, no, my prayers have been answered. My prayers have already been answered. God's already got this. Even, James, if you don't see me this time next year, know this. God's prayers are already taken care of. 
That's real faith. I may not get what I think I want, but I'm still going to praise him. That is faith. That's what Habakkuk is saying. So hopefully, hopefully you have a whole new appreciation for Habakkuk. Um, <clears throat> we need to determine our response before we get an answer, regardless of how things turn out. Now, if we, 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 uh, we learned again, chapter 1, <clears throat> we don't walk away from God because of the suffering uh, in, in chapter 2, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're going to wait for on God and, and write it down. Chapter 3, uh, and your circumstances don't change. You can still embrace him for all of his goodness. So these are all important. But in fact, God never does what Habakkuk is praying for. Habakkuk doesn't get to experience the answer to his prayers. There is never a nice bow on it. So all the things that Habakkuk is praying for, he actually doesn't get to see in his lifetime. But somebody thought his experiences were kind of important. They're in the Bible. So evidently, somebody thought it was pretty important. He doesn't actually get to see all the things he was praying for. But here's this. Here's this. Habakkuk 3.19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music on my stringed instruments. God is my strength. He gives me the ability to stand when it seems impossible. Now, if you're reading this on your own, you're like, well, that's cute. The feet of a deer. Oh. I want a feet of a bear. I want big feet. I want to be stomping around. I want a strong feet. Feet of a deer. What does that even mean? That means, have you ever seen a mountain goat or any kind of a deer like that, and they're standing on places you wouldn't dream of them standing on? They're places where you wouldn't even know it. Do we have a picture of that? <laughs> Bears can't do that. Bears cannot do that. Bears can't do this. They are standing on places firmly. They're standing firmly on places that look impossible to stand on. That's what my boy Habakkuk is saying. We gotten close. I studied him more than I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, that's what he's saying. Even though things seem impossible, you're going to be able to stand on solid ground. You could do that. And just do that, the foot of a de- feet of deer. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we learn to trust him in the valleys, friends. We love to enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we trust him in the valleys. Really, really hard. Enjoy God in, 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 in the valleys is hard. It's really, really hard. And it's never easy. Um, and I've done it two ways. I've done it where I was angry at God and said, I don't get you. I don't, I don't trust you. I don't believe you right now. I believe in you. I know that I'm not talking to myself, but I'm, why would you let this happen? And how could you do this to me? I've had those talks with God too. I was never at peace. I was never at peace. But there were times where things did not go the way I wanted them to go, and I trusted God. I was at complete peace. Not because I'm so good. It's because God's so good. He gave me that peace. When people are going through a difficult time, I pray that God gives them the peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't pray that all their problems go away because that's not reality. This is a broken world. I wish it wasn't, but it is. And one day, all of our questions will be answered. We just have to trust him. Now, what does it look like to trust God even in the midst of really tough stuff, no matter what? We're going to end today, and I'm going to tell you about my friend Jeff. Now, uh, when I was a campus pastor previously at another church, 
And uh, uh, I, was, I, I always make myself very available. In fact, I'm, like Vic was saying, I'm very available. If you want to meet with me, you can put it on your card. I would love to meet with you. But I would always say, if you want to meet with me, let me know. Let's meet. So this one day, uh, Jeff would come to church with a, with a coat and tie on all the time, and it would just creep me out a little bit. Like, uh, I'm not a formally guy, and so like, I just like, did you go to a funeral? What's going on? And so um, he comes in with a coat and tie every time, and he was always cranky, and he was not in a good mood, and he was always like really angry guy. And so I'm like, um, I would see him. I go, hi, Jeff. How you doing? And he'd go, fine. And he'd walk by me, and I would notice he was kind of writing stuff down. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so um, one day he goes, hey, you said that you want to meet with us anytime? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He goes, Tuesday, 10 o'clock, in your office. <laughs> like he was Fonzie or something, you know, Tuesday, 10 o'clock, in your office. So I was like, uh, okay, great. I guess, you know, I can make this work, of course. But So I, I see him, and I go, hey, Jeff, how you doing? I went to hug him, and he goes like this. Gives me his hand. I'm like, okay, great, no problem. Not a hugger, get it? Um, so I sit down, he sits down. I go, what do you want to talk about today, Jeff? And he literally pulls out a notepad, and it was filled and for a half hour, he proceeded to tell me how bad I suck, okay? So for a half hour, just, you're terrible at this, and I don't like the way you do this, and you have too much energy to be a pastor. Pastors should stand at their podium, not walk all over the place. And uh, I like Hawaiian shirts too, but not on stage. I'm like, hold it, pal, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> you may not like how much I walk around, I say, but you do not deface Hawaiian shirts, pal. Sorry. But I just let him go. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, he's just going off and on and on and on. And um, he was just, you know, just telling, and then he's like, in the property, this beautiful property, and you've ruined it. There's like weeds everywhere, nothing's painted, and this, that, and this, that, and the other. And I'm just letting him go, and I'm just like exhausted from how much he was telling me how terrible I am. And uh, at the end, he goes, well, what do you have to say? And I was like, well, that's quite a list you have there, Jeff. Um, uh, I noticed the Holy Spirit just said, ask him this question. And I noticed he had an indention where his ring finger was. I said, Jeff, how's your marriage? And for a second, he looked at me like with like x-ray. I, I thought he wanted to kill me through his eyes, you know. And, and his lip was like really tight. And uh, he's like, what? I was like, nothing. I meant, uh, it's good to see you. I, I'm like, uh, I, so I asked him again. I said, Jeff, how's your marriage? And he literally, his lips started quivering, baroque down like a child, uncontrollably sobbing. For a while, it was like I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I just let him go. I didn't. I was like, I was gonna like, oh hey, are you okay? But I'm like, I remember you don't like the hug thing, so I was just like, okay, I'm gonna back off. And he was just crying and crying and crying and tears and tears and tears. And he says, I've got more money than I know what to do with. I own companies. I own lots of land. I have a mansion on the beach, and I am miserable. Crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. Why are you miserable? My wife left me. Why? Because I was abusing her verbally. I have anger issues. I have, I have alcohol issues. And I was abusing her. And I, was, I wasn't right. And I made a mistake. And I said, what do you want? He's like, I want my marriage back. And I'm like, you want me to, you know, you want me to talk to your ex-wife or, your, or your, your wife right now? And he's like, he's like, yeah, please, please talk to her. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll do whatever. I'll give whatever. I'll, I'll serve whatever. I'll give money. I'll, I'm like, this isn't how it works, bro. I want to help you. You don't have to give me anything. Just... I just want to help you. And uh, he says, okay, talk to her. And so I prayed for him, and he, and he said, thank you so much. And then he gave me a hug, and he was just like a totally different guy after that prayer. And I said, about that list, 
And he's like, no, no, I'm going to throw it up. And I'm like, no, 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 you have a lot on that list. So I have terrific news for you, Jeff. You are now in charge of campus cleanup. So you get to do all this stuff. And, you know, and, and he says, okay. And he actually ended up doing it. He got together with this guy, George, and they made the campus look gorgeous. And he was there multiple times a week, and he worked his tail off. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And he met with me every week. We would meet on Thursdays every week about talking to his wife. And I ended up, I ended up having his wife come in. And she says, Pastor, I'm sorry. I love God, too. But I just can't get over the hurt and the pain. I, have, I can't. I just can't do it. I want to do it. I, I want to do what God wants me to do. I just can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, uh, and we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And at the end of the day, it didn't happen. He didn't get what he wanted. His, I would love to tell you the story, at the end of the story, to say, and she came back, and then they embraced, and they lived happily ever after, but that did not happen. The divorce ended up happening. And she said, I'm sorry, there's just too much pain. I can't get past this. And that's something for them. That's their business. I don't know what was going on in their life, so that, that's, that's a pain I don't understand. So I was like, okay, you know, we did everything we could. We prayed, but that's, that's where it is, and that's where it is. And I thought Jeff was going to lose it. I thought, great, man. Once he finds out, he's going to. And he came back and he said, it's final. I said, I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I'm sorry. He's like, you know what? I think I'm going to be okay. I didn't get what I wanted, but I think I'm going to be okay. I'm still going to trust God. I was floored. I'm like, Sin, you're still going to do all, be a part of what we're doing? Yeah. I need this family. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm still going to. I'm in. And he says, I want to now get back. I, want to, I don't want to take it a step further. I want to express my faith, and I want to get baptized, and I want you to do it. And so I did. I did. And when I got him out of that water, he had his arms raised up. And he gave me a big hug. Jeff was not a perfect person. Jeff had a lot of problems going on. And, uh, and the things that he said about how he treated his wife were true. He was, you know, he was rough. That was a bad relationship. It was tough. And I know she was happy for him, though. And she told me, I'm happy for Jeff. She wanted the best for him. She did. He came out of that water like that. He was a changed person. He didn't get what he wanted, and he still chose to trust God and get baptized. I got word not too long ago, about a year or so ago, that Jeff had suffered a massive heart attack and passed away. And I know that my friend Jeff entered heaven in that exact stance Amen. with Shingenoff. He came in, boom, his fight song. You may not get everything you're asking for. We worship God, not Santa. But he will give you things you didn't know you wanted. He will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. How do I know? It's in his word. He's not a liar. If you're going through something right now, let us know about it. We want to come alongside you. I want to come alongside you. That's not church talk. That is me talking to you as a person to a person. I don't have it all figured out either. If I don't know the answer, we'll figure it out together. But we're going to do this together. And I uh, would love for you to write that down in your prayer card as we uh, close out today in prayer. Father.